As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. I think best real estate advice is every market is local. Stay focused on your local market and know what your goals are and execute on that. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service. Here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714 I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff with us today. We got the founders from Key Please. How you doing? One of them, Devesh Panchal. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you? I'm doing really well. And who are the co-founders that you have with you? Yeah, I have Adam Lorenzen, who is our chief product officer, and Daniel Dawson, who is our chief operating officer. 
Sweet. Well, nice to have the whole crew here. And just for sanity's sake, since we can't see you all, we'll let Devesh, you take the lead on this. And then for anyone else who wants to chime in on certain responses, feel free to do so. A little bit about Devesh. He is the co-founder and CEO at Key Please. He's also been a real estate investor for 10 years. The product is called KeyBot, which is a smart lock installed by landlords to automate marketing and showings and leasing of rental properties. They're based in St. Louis, Missouri. With that being said, Devesh, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and perhaps your team's background and your current focus? Absolutely. So yeah, I've been a real estate investor 10 years and I have invested from single family to multifamily uh, and I own hundreds of rentals in St. Louis area. And I ran into this idea just randomly. My wife, she had to leave country for a couple of weeks to see her family back home. And not, I changed my role from investor to actually operator. And that was a really a nightmare. As you already know, how hard is leasing? And I ran across some of the problems on leasing and the endless texting and scheduling. I invited Adam to help me out. Him and I had worked together in the past. And we both saw that this is a huge problem, not just for me, but the fellow landlords like me all over the U.S. So we talked to Daniel as well, who's been running a full suite tenant placement company. And I used to be his customer, actually. And he asked Daniel, saying, Daniel, this leasing is killing me. And he's like, tell me about it, man. I see this every day. So many hours spent on just scheduling. Half of the schedule showing don't show up. So we got together and we said, you know what? How do we solve this problem? And that's how the key piece was born. And one thing led to next. And here we have fully functional and ready-to-go product. So looking at your website, KeyBot's basically a lock that your potential residents can gain access to the property who are pre-approved or screened. So, you know, who's going to be at the property? I imagine the code will likely be unique to that person. And then it expires after a certain point in time. And it allows you to be remote while still showing the property to people who have been approved through some sort of filter. Is that about it? Exactly what it is. When Adam got on board, one of the first things we started focusing, what can we do to offload work from property owners? Because most of the property owners like myself has a full-time job, they have a life to live. And next thing you know is they are running around and chasing around this for prospecting renters. So we came up with this idea about putting a lock and let lock and keyboard do most of the hard work. Let the renters come in, self-qualify them. They can upload their ID, they can upload the picture of their ID and a selfie. Our system, our algorithms can make sure they're a real human, not a fake person. And they can take a tour of their own. And we found this was a huge deal for people who has the jobs and they have a life to live as well. We have had tours happen all the way from 6 in the morning on the New Year's Eve and the Thanksgiving days. And we were like, wow, people really do this. And that's when we decided to actually put the full product together. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So when did you all launch it? Our product was launched in November of 2016. That was a version one, and we are launching a new version with our proprietary lock, which will have a unique code for each renter. Cool. Congratulations on that. And how much business do you have and where is it concentrated? It's been really interesting because we started off, we weren't sure you know, how well will it reside with people. We started from St. Louis, and we have had several customers all over the U.S., including East Coast as well as West Coast. We are already at 10 plus customers and we just signed up a couple of big property firms with thousand plus doors. So we are really excited about it. Yeah, that's the holy grail for you all, the property management companies. 
working with them, going straight to the large distribution channels. As an entrepreneurial team, you got three people. What's been the biggest challenge from an organizational standpoint? I would say the biggest challenge was to how can we be more efficient because we bootstrap this whole thing ourselves. So we wanted to make sure whatever work we do delivers the value. So many times we're putting things together and waiting for people to go try it out. And that sometimes takes a little longer than you anticipate. So I think that anticipation was the hardest part on our team. But I would say our team was, uh, you know, each member on our team has been an entrepreneur. They have built a product, built companies before. So it wasn't something that they are doing this for the first time. But every time you start a new venture, there is always that anticipation and anxiety. So that was an interesting part on our side. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for people who start something from scratch based on a need and hustle and launch the thing. You said you bootstrapped the whole thing yourselves. How much did it cost? Oh, man. We originally put in about $25,000 onto the venture. But honestly, we found innovative ways to solve the problem rather than putting money at it. And that's one thing about entrepreneurship that I have a lot of respect for my team on that. For example, the way we tested our hardware prototype, we did not go ahead and build the hardware first. As a matter of fact, our first prototype took me 45 minutes to build the web form. And Adam said, what if just people can walk in the door without having to talk to anybody? Let's not have anybody reach out to them. Let's just let them walk in and see what happens. So our first prototype was just web form and people put that information. And when they wanted to take a tool, instead of putting an expensive lock over there, I just let my maintenance guys know, saying, hey, somebody's coming, just unlock the door. And we pretend yeah. everything was automated. <laughs> and the expression on their face were like, what? This is so cool. This is super clean. We were like, oh, this is great. Do you see value in it? And people were like, yeah, totally. I see value. And tools like these, we did hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. I took big risk on it. And I was like, if I cannot use it at my own property, mm-hmm. how can I go out and sell this to other people? Mm-hmm. So we started from doing things that were very, very inexpensive. And then we got to a point where we had serious investors who were interested in first guy who wrote a check to us. Uh, on this venture was a uh, is actually a real estate flipper who flips uh, hundreds of properties in St. Louis area. We had investors outside of St. Louis uh, like Memphis and Dallas who also put in money money uh, on our venture. So we bootstrapped uh, initially, but we we got a lot of good uh, interest from investors. How did you value your company with that first investor? Oh, that's a that's, that's a tricky question. So. We had a little bit of luxury on that piece because what happened was we had one offer from Accelerator for us to participate in the acceleration program and they had already put a valuation at that point. So that was simple. So we just took that because it was an external validation and external put put together valuation on our company. But we also had some patents that we had filed. We had hardware, we had things. So so we came together with a valuation that both we as well as investors that are comfortable for someone who is doing a startup and has a similar approach, not the same product, but just you know, coming up with maybe a, a product that is a sister product or something similar to a venture that you all are doing, how would you recommend they quantify their intellectual property and what they have in order to come up with a valuation if they want to bring in an outside investor? I would say don't put a lot of effort and energy on getting the valuation right. Rather, focus on the value you're bringing to the table. Because I really think many times investors get 
cost. Not investors, entrepreneurs get fascinated with, hey, I, my, my company is valued at $1 million. I'm only going to give you 10%. I think entrepreneurs should be more focused on what value are they bringing and how big of pie they are going to make. So if we are at five customers, how can we go to 500 customers or 5,000 customers and continue to make those customers happy then get hung up on my company's value at at this percent and that's how much I can willing to unwilling to offer. What's been the biggest challenge of getting Keybot in more doors in markets across the US? Our previous version that we used was using a commodity hardware. And that was relatively straightforward. But now that we are launching on our bigger scale, I think that is something that we need to look forward for. And we will find out what challenges we run into. Because we have done zero marketing as of now. I mean, we have spent, actually, we probably spent 3 or $4 on Facebook mm-hmm. just to get initial orders. And so far, because some of the early orders that we had fulfilled in are local, that was not a big challenge. But in the next round, the one we are launching with the proprietary lock, that's the one we think the scalability would, would come to come into real test for us. Segwaying into investing now specifically, are you still buying properties? Not actively as much because now my full-time focus is this, but my wife is. She's still expanding her business because I transitioned my time full-time into building this tech venture. But multifamily market is hot, as you already know. I think right now market, I would like to call it at the top, especially multifamily investing. So I, at this point, would rather stay away than putting more money into multifamily. But you and your wife, assuming your team, you are buying more properties right now. So how do you reconcile the statement you just made? And because you said perhaps don't buy, you'd rather hold, but then you are buying. The reason we are buying now is because we have a 1031 exchange. Okay. And that is why we ended up having. So we are buying 80 units now right here in St. Louis. Uh, and the reason we have to buy it is because we sold one property and we don't want to write a big check to Uncle Sam. And I'm sure a lot of investors, real estate investors will appreciate that. So uh, that's the reason we are buying. But after that, we are not actively looking anything in the market. Got it. And are majority of your properties in St. Louis? All of my properties are in St. Louis. All of your properties are in St. Louis. And you have hundreds of them. What percentage of hundreds are single families versus the multifamilies? We have only very few that are single family. Pretty much most of all of our properties are in multifamily. And that's one of the reasons why I created our team event after Keybond. Because if you look into single family to two to four unit market, that market is extremely scarce. And what happens is people start investing into two units and they try to go to four units and eight units. And we've grown from that point to now we have more of a concentrated portfolio of 30 units plus. But what we saw is most of the people who are investing are investing into single family or two units or four unit complex. How can we help them? How can we make their life easier and let them do a little bit of less work while they get more return on the investment? So staying with your real estate investing just for a little bit. What was your first property that you bought and what year was that? Yeah, great question. So my first property was 2007. I bought a single family in the North North St. Louis. For people who are not familiar with the St. Louis market, that's actually a little, little rough area, but I learned a lot. I bought it in the cash. Uh, it was $11,000. So you could, I was like, you can even redo the bathroom in that price. But yeah, so one thing led to another. From there, we invested into two to four units. And from there, we got to 60 and more. 
But each step of the way, I feel that you learn something that helps you to get better at your next investment. What are some specific things that you've learned from going either at the first property or from two to four for 16 units, et cetera? Yeah, I think so. Like first few properties, I spent a lot more time in rehabbing and just making the quality of the rehab more, whereas what and didn't spend a lot of time finding the best deal in the banks, really creating relationship with banks, creating my network with realtors and, and, and other investors. But as I went away from those single families to two units, four units, and eight units, I learned that, okay, there is a lot more money to be made if you can find better deal with the banks, or if you can restructure the deal, if you can change your financing a little differently. Those are the things that I've learned that I wish I'd learned sooner than that. But every step of the way, it helps me get better at the game. I heard the last part you said where you said more money to be made if you change the financing a little bit. What would you say right before that? I was taking notes as far as if you tweak something, then you can make more money. What are those other things? For example, if you are buying, let's say, 16-unit building, right? Your typical financing will be five-year balloon at 20-year amortization. Well, if you can find a bank or if you can work with a bank to get you to 25-year amortization, your cash flow is going to look a lot better. So things like that, especially if you're not planning to keep that really, really, really long term. If you're planning to keep that for five years or 10 years. So things like that, right? There are very specific things you can do. Other thing in that same regard is make sure you have a really good team of handymen or people who are, can get things done for you. Because the more you grow, you, you have to be able to delegate and, and outsource a lot of tasks. And that's something I've found that has been extremely useful because when we were rehabbing two units, four units, I was just getting some one-off handyman. But when, once I got to 30 units or rehabbing the whole building, I had to get a lot, lot bigger contractors involved. And those relationships I had built over the course of years came really, really useful when we got into a bigger point. Given you and your team's background with Key Please and your product KeyBot, clearly your focus is trying to maximize the amount of time that you have to do your own stuff, not necessarily being focused on certain tasks that you don't need to be focused on. So I imagine in your real estate investing, you have software or certain efficiencies that you've used or that you currently use, what are some of those things, either software programs or certain ways that you use to help automate the process? And no, that, that is actually a specific reason why we went on to Keybot. Because honestly, the only software we use is a spreadsheet. That's the piece and we done. To manage your portfolio of 100 or so units, you only use a spreadsheet? We just use a spreadsheet. Trust me, I've spent 15 years as a tech executive in a tech company. Actually, most recently, I was director of IT strategy and information. And you have to ask yourself a question. What value do you get out of the software I'm using? And I'm not saying the softwares are not bad. There is a lot of value. But if you look at it, the way we, we put together a key piece and keyboard, there's a lot of manual work that goes into when I have to market my property. So let's say you're marketing on apartments.com, Zillow, well, you're getting a lot of leads from those places. Well, what do you do with those leads? Every single lead, you have to qualify them. You have to talk to them. You have to say, what's your background? When are you planning to move? All those things takes real human work. Next piece is you have to go and show your property. You have to then negotiate the lease. You have to go get the lease signed. And even after that, that's the work keeps on going and going. So that's exactly what we had in mind. Saying, How can we offer all those pieces to a piece of hardware or piece of software so that 
I can focus or people like me can more focus more on getting more and more deals. Because if you are a real estate investor like me, your goal is to go from two units to four units to 500 units to whatever that goal is, right? And the whole purpose of having a key please and key bot is to make you more efficient, offload your work to a piece of software and hardware so you can drive your business through. So you don't use software to track your profit and loss statement? You just input that manually? If you use Bank of America, they offer a free service that gets easily exported into a spreadsheet. Huh? Actually, it's a lot more simpler than you think. You really don't need a sophisticated mm-hmm. software. I've used QuickBooks and I've even used some of the sophisticated softwares. And I found more time me setting those up than actually getting value out of it. It's not that I don't recommend to anybody, right? But I used to write software. I know that business really well. The problem is most of the softwares are built for a lot of big, ginormous tasks. Mm -hmm. And as a real estate investor, you're pretty much like, okay, well, I need to market my property. I need to lease my property. I need to manage my property. What tools? Now, we do use, for example, we use tools like uh, Zillow, Apartments.com, and all those things. For payments, we use Cozy. So those are things that I think are very, very useful for small to medium-sized landlords. Based on your experience as a real estate investor and entrepreneur, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I think best real estate advice is every market is local. Stay focused on your local market and know what your goals are and execute on that. For someone who is not familiar with St. Louis and wants to begin investing there, and perhaps they just moved to St. Louis. So they're local now, but they haven't been. What are some things that you would tell them based on your experience with St. Louis? You know, St. Louis is a great market, in my opinion. Affordability is great. So especially if you're coming from East Coast or West Coast. One, if if you're a real estate investor, if you're planning to invest, I think Midwest and especially St. Louis is a great market. Two, it's also a growing area. Uh, There's a lot more movement happening here. And sometimes things like Ferguson, uh, some bad press gets in the way of what a great opportunity here is. If you are coming from either coast, I would highly recommend exploring this market and, and look at it as a potential investment. I found some of the margins and some of the return on investment that I've seen in St. Louis is way, way better than what you can see on the coastal market. That's one of the reasons I stay focused in this market. But if you are coming, I would say, Look past beyond just headlines of Ferguson and things like that and, and see what opportunity here is. What is a sub-market that is up and coming in St. Louis? Central Corridor has been a pretty hot for a while. I would say Grove, our Grove neighborhood is, is really up and coming area. That's a sub-market here. There are also pockets within a city area, within South St. Louis, that are also up and coming. These are very specific markets within St. Louis, and I would highly recommend people to look into those markets if you're looking to invest. Some of the mature market, like West County and, and Clayton, I think they are kind of going to price out a lot of people because they are in the institutional investor level. You ready for the best ever lightning round? All right, let's go for it. All right, let's go for it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30 minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. 
That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com. Devesh, what's the best ever book? One got you here, one got you there. Best ever deal you've done? Flipped the building in less than a year. What were the numbers? It was actually 50 unit foreclosed subdivision. We bought it for 1.3, spent about a half million onto it and sold it for 2.4. Excellent. Nice work on that. What's a key takeaway for that project in particular that you would attribute to getting that profit? The key takeaway was you need to know what you're getting yourself into. I knew it was a rehab work. I did not know it was what a stress it causes you. (laughs) Would you do it again if opportunity was presented to you? No, I would do it differently. What would you do? I would have built a better team. I would still take the project, but I would have built a better team. I would have done the different financing deal, but that's what I'm doing on my next project. Mm. Best ever way you like to give back? Well, through my own company, actually, with the Keep Please, we are partnering with Habitat for Humanity. To me, that's a really neat way to give back to the community, especially when you're in a real estate. And for people who don't know, Habitat for Humanity, they build homes for people who cannot afford market price homes. What's a mistake you've made on a deal transaction? Not doing the due diligence. And where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? You can reach me at Divesh, D-I-V-Y-E-S-H, at keyplease.com, K-E-Y-P-L-S.com. I'm also available on Twitter. My full name is Divesh, D-I-V-Y-E-S-H, underscore, last name, Panchal, P-A-N-C-H-A-L. Well, Divesh and team, thank you for being on the show. And thanks for talking to us about your entrepreneurial venture, Key Please, and your product, KeyBot what inspired it, how you all have bootstrapped this up until this point. Then you start bringing in investors. Love the innovative way of solving a problem in an inexpensive manner. For example, the prototype that you all did and you just had a maintenance person go unlock the door once they booked it. I love that. Very resourceful. And then also, Devesh, when you talked about your portfolio and how you choose to manage it, and the approach that you take and the lessons you've learned along the way as you've scaled up from the single family for $11,000 to some of the deals that you're doing now, like the 80 unit that you're buying and the 50 unit that you referenced earlier. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you all have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Joe, thank you so much. Thanks. Feeling lost on your roadmap to wealth? Tune in to the newly launched REI Foundation podcast where hosts Jason and Peely give you all the steps and missteps towards achieving your investing dreams. Featuring interviews from top industry professionals, make sure you listen and subscribe to REI Foundation Podcast at thereifoundation.libson.com.